0: Shall we pray? Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, as we turn again to the greatest book of all books, that word of yours which you magnified above all your name, may your word live in our hearts and lives and minds and in our walk day by day. Thank you, Father. For the privilege of allowing me to share your word with the hearts and the lives of such beautiful children, young people, and adults at this Rock of Ages in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our theme for this, the ninth Rock of Ages, 1979 is the renewed mind, the key to power. In Romans chapter 12, and in verse 1 we read, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, Which is your, and the text should read, religious service Verse 2 And be not conformed to this world But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you and then a parenthesis not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think end of parenthesis to every man that is among you to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. And in the 13th chapter and in the 12th verse The night is far spent, the day is at hand Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness And let us put on the armor of light Let us walk honestly as in the day not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying. But, verse 14, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Jesus Christ, class, was God's plan for bridging the chasm in the spiritual separation between the natural man and God. Jesus Christ bridged the gap between the body and soul man and God. Jesus Christ made it possible once again that any man could become body, soul, and what? Spirit. Jesus Christ made available the being of a new man within. Christ in you the hope of glory, Colossians 1.27. And you, a born-again believer, may then make possible a new man without by being transformed by the renewing of your mind, by allowing the mind to be in you which was in Christ Jesus. That mind to be in you that was also in Christ Jesus, Philippians 2, 5. And ladies and gentlemen, fellow believers, that is the key to power and to the walk of power and to the more abundant life. now in order to set this wonderful week of the rock of ages on the renewed mind the key to power there are some basic principles of understanding that i must share with you those of you who are grads of the foundational class on power for abundant living are knowledgeable Of the truths of God's word spoken Regarding the body, the soul and the spirit But for for those of you perhaps who are visitors here Some of you for the first time At a Rock of Ages or at a Way Fellowship It may be a little new But I will do my best again to set the greatness of this so that you can have a beautiful understanding so that you can walk forth by being transformed by the renewing of your mind and that you can have this key to power that you can have the walk of power that you can have and manifest a life which is more than abundant. I'd like for you to turn to Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43. In verse 7, we read, I mean Jeremiah 43. Good gravy. Still in the word, good verse. I just read it, but it isn't quite the one I wanted. Isaiah 43, bless your heart. Verse 7 even every one that is called by my name. For I have what? Created him. For my glory, I have formed him. Yea, I have what? Three tremendous words in there. They are not synonymous. They're not identical. They are words which mean what they say and say what they mean. And those are the words Created, formed, and made. In 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5, at the close of this great epistle, we find the following words in verse 23. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly and I pray God, your whole what? Spirit and what? And what? Be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. In the beginning, God formed the body of man. He made the soul of man and he created his spirit within man. So man was threefold. He was body, he was soul, and he was spirit. It says in Genesis 1, verse 27, so God created what? Man, Adam, in his own image. His own image God created man in Genesis He created man What did He create? Right He created His image Well what is the image of God? John 4 24 God is what? Spirit. God is, the King James says, a spirit. The indefinite article should not be in the text. God is spirit. God is what? Spirit. And in Genesis it said, God created man in his image. And if the image of God is spirit class, then what did God create within man? That's right. Genesis chapter 2. Genesis 2, verse 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And at that time, When he breathed in the breath of life, at that breath of life, at that moment, man became a living what? That's right. You see, God created within man his image, which is spirit. God formed the body, formed the body. To form is to fashion, to make. He formed the body. Then he did something else. He made the soul. He made. He made. He made. He, when he breathed into that man, man became a living what? Before that man had just a what? Form Man had just a form But when God breathed in the breath of life And man took his first breath Then man became a what? Living soul That speaks loudly To those of us who have ears to hear man is not a living soul at conception man is a living soul with the first breath he breathed in and at that moment man became a living what so then man is body living soul which is breath, life. When man takes his last breath, his soul's gone. But he created within him what? Spirit. Which is the image of God. So man was body, soul, and what? As a body, soul man, he could relate to the things of the earth natural world body and soul man relate to the natural world as the spirit part of man it could relate to whom and therefore man was fully equipped and he was as the Word of God says wonderfully and beautifully made now The soul was within man until he takes his last breath. But the image that God created within man in Genesis was in that original man upon a condition. And that condition is stated in Genesis 2, verse 16. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, of every what? Tree of the garden Thou mayest freely eat But, verse 17 Of the tree of knowledge of good and evil Thou shalt not eat of it For in thee day To yom That very day Not a hundred years later That very day Thou eatest thereof Thou shalt surely die The adversary In chapter 3 of Genesis Said in verse 4 Ye shall not what? God said ye shall die Surely die The adversary said Ye shall not surely die And there you have it The one true God said Ye shall The adversary said you won't Man believed what the adversary said And that moment At that moment When he believed What the adversary said The reality of what God had said came into manifestation. And man lost his spirit, the contact with God, the image of God. And from that day on, class, till the day of Pentecost, thousands of years later, no one ever had the spirit of God in him with the exception Of a few men or women Whom God specially called He didn't put it in It says he put his spirit upon them Just for a period of time That's all And so when man sinned In Genesis Was he still living? Sure Adam looked just like old Adam Eve was as cute as ever You know But they had lost The spirit They lost the contact The image of God sir And from that day on Man was just body and soul And the body of soul man Is limited To the information Gathered by the five senses That body and soul man Lived by the information gathered by the five senses and coordinated, organized, and believed, manifested because of his mind. By that which he sees, hears, smells, tastes, or touches. All the information to the natural man comes over one or the other or a combination of those five senses. Spiritually, he could not know God because God is what? And all he is, body and what? Ephesians chapter 2, class. Ephesians 2, the last phrase of verse 1. Who were what? Dead in trespasses and what? Sins dead in trespasses and sin. They were physically alive. They were body and soul men, physically alive, but spiritually, image of God, what? Dead. The same truth is repeated in verse 12. Wherefore, 11, 11, 12, 12, 12. Without Christ, being aliens, strangers, having no what? Hope, and without what? God. Ephesians two twelve. Without God, without God in the world. They were body and soul men. But they had lost the image the connection with God. God is spirit, and God can only speak to what he is, which is what? Spirit. So when man has no spirit, God cannot talk to that man. He cannot walk with him. Class, that's why, down through the centuries as you work the Word, Every time God wanted to speak to man, he came into concretion in some form, evidenced in some form. The burning bush, the Ten Commandments, oh, just one after another. Why did God have to do that? Because man was just body and what? He couldn't talk to him directly. He was just body and soul. Now that man of body and soul, does he have a mind? Definitely. So he could hear the prophets speak. He could read the scrolls, the word of God, which had come into concretion. And when he read that word of God, or he read the word, it went to his mind. And then his mind could decide whether he wanted to believe it or reject it. Even though man was dead in trespasses and sins, without God and without hope, he still could know about God if he wanted to because God put it into concretion. And therefore the man could hear the word, read it, see it, hear it, and believe it in his mind, and God could and did reckon righteousness unto them. There are two kinds of knowledge in this world, class. There is what I refer to as natural knowledge, Or world knowledge, which comes to man via the five senses. Then there's another knowledge available. And that knowledge is what I call spiritual knowledge. And that spiritual knowledge comes to the mind of man via the five senses, not from the world, but from the Word. After the day of Pentecost, on that day and after, to this day, 1979, when a man hears the word, rightly divided, and we are to study, to show ourselves approved unto whom? As workmen, who need not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word. Then, believing, or believing unto salvation, Faith cometh by what? Hearing, Romans. Believing, believing faith. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing what? The Word, the Word, the Word. Not what the world says, sir. Not what any individual may say, but what does the Word say? That's right. That is spiritual knowledge information. You do not get spiritual truth from the word world. You get it from the word. Because the world's got too much L in it. Couldn't get it. You gotta get the L out of the world to get to the Word. And the Word will take the L out of the world if we get there. Get enough people to believe it, the Word. It's a tremendous truth and it's so simple. You see, God's laws never contradict each other God is a God of law and order this is his word we are to study to show ourselves approved to God by rightly dividing the word doesn't say I have to rightly divide Playboy magazine even on the center fold. I just never knew women came folded that way. It's really simple. <laughs> I'm glad you still have a sense of value left. And a good sense of humor, bless your heart. Now, Romans says also that for this man dead in trespasses and sins. Who hears the word, who believes What he hears And he confesses with his mouth The Lord, what? Jesus Jesus. And believes in the innermost part of his being In his heart Believes with all that he is Innermost part of his being Believes that God did what? Raised him from the dead Jesus Christ Thou shalt be what? For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto us. And when you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and are born again, it is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is eternal life. (laughs) And... If it's eternal life, it has to be unconditional. From man's point of view, in the Word, God calls it everlasting life. From God's point of view, he calls it, in the Word, eternal. Because with God there's no beginning and no ending. But with you, you have to get to the place in your life where you confessed it. You didn't always have it because you were just a man of body and what? Soul. So there was a time when you were not born again. That's why the Bible speaks of it from your point of view as everlasting because you didn't have it from the beginning, but you got it at one time, honey. And from that time on, it will Everlast you That's why it's called Everlasting life in the word From man's point of view But from God That which he puts in Is eternal What? For it's Christ in you The hope of glory And then once again Man is body, soul and what? right. Does he still have a mind? I hope so (laughs) Has he still got the same lousy mind he had before? That's right. (laughs) Filled with all the negatives, all the wrong teaching, all the wrong doctrine, because when he got born again, it wasn't his mind who got born again. The mind cannot be born again. You were born again by confessing with your mouth the freedom of your will because you believe the word that you put on. You believe what the word said and God wrought the miracle of all miracles of a man dead in trespasses and sins without God and without hope. He wrought the miracle of all miracles at that moment in your life when you confessed and you believed. And he put Christ in you, the hope of glory, eternal life. Put that in you. That, ladies and gentlemen, is how you got to be. Body, soul, and what? And that is eternal life. It's unconditional. Unconditional. You still have the same mind after you're born again. It's just born in, that's all, not in your mind. But throughout your entire being, for it's that inner man. It's Christ in you. The inner man. The inner man. What you see standing up here before you is the outer man. Little garb over it, but underneath it's me. That's right. Pinch myself. That's me. Underneath. It's the outer man. But you know what you don't see? Is the inner man. Now look at the outer man. Boop. Hair. Nose. Finger, thumb. Toes down here. Hey, the inner man. The inner man. If there's an outer man, honey, where is the inner man? In you. Where in you? Well, where's the outer man? All over, right? Head to what? Where's the inner man? Boy, oh boy, when that thing hits you someday and you really see it and believe it, you're going to be really... Wired. (laughs) then he becomes eyes behind your eyes ears behind your ears nose behind your nose mouth behind your mouth touch behind your touch that's why sir he is all in the all of all of you he is throughout your entire body He's throughout your entire body. And that is why you again, having being body, soul, and spirit, with Christ in you, can now receive revelation for God is spirit, right? His image, Christ in you, is now where? And there it is. God can speak to that which is in you, his spirit, eternal life. He'll speak to it. You'll either see it, hear it, smell it, taste it, or touch it, and thereby you will again just know. That's advanced class. We just finished it this summer. Now, the Spirit is created in you, right? But you still have the same mind you had before because the mind is filled with the information sent up there via the what? Five senses. See? Therefore the mind is not born again. The mind must be renewed. You've had a mind before you were born again. Now you're born again then what must you do to your mind? Renew it. And ladies and gentlemen, you can't renew something if you hadn't had it to begin with. You can't recap a tire if you've never had a tire. Can't retread it. These words are set with a mathematical exactness and with a scientific precision in the word. The renewed mind The renewed mind. Not a new mind, but a what? Renewed. Boy, it's so simple. Once I'm born again, then I renew my mind. I put on the mind of Christ. How do I do that? By reading his what? Which is addressed to me. Specifically, I keep bringing this up and bringing this up, oh, so many, many times. Someday I trust you'll all believe it and understand it. And that is just not the mouthing of words. Look, this is baseball season, I guess. If you want to play baseball, you play it by hockey rules. Why not? That's how we handle the Bible, don't we? You want to play football, you play it by baseball rules. Nah. How stupid can you be? Everybody knows. Everybody, the natural man, not even born again, He knows if you're going to play baseball, you're supposed to play it by what? And if there are infractions of the rules and regs which you read from a book, you may have a little opportunity. When you play football, you play by a what rule book? Basketball by what? Hockey by what? Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to play in God's ball game, there's only one book. That's the rules and regs of the ball game. And that's his word. Now people say, there are different interpretations of the Word of God. They get this from a background of knowledge that they have received via the five senses, where so-called, many times born-again believers could not agree upon the Word. And so, with these variations, Through the years, we have built a multiple amount of different so-called, quote, Christian, end of quote, denominations. I believe it's possible for all men to agree upon the Word of God and its interpretation if men just sat down long enough and worked it out together and believed what it said. I believe that. All so-called Christian unity or ecumenicity has been the endeavoring to tie together so-called Christians not by the word, but by the mechanics You know, of the stuff around them. You can't ever get people to walk with power and the love of God and the greatness of it until the Word is there. And men have to come to the Word class. It's his rule book. If you can't agree upon the interpretation of the baseball rule book, they get together The umpire, whoever it is, the referees, they get together until they what? Agree on it. I wish to God. Clergy could do that again on the word. The man when he's born again still has a mind, same mind. Now if he's going to be transformed, He's going to have to do what with that mind? How does a man renew anything? You put on the mind of Christ. You feed the mind. You feed to the mind the workbook, the text. You put this. You put this. The rules and regulations of God's ball game, sir. You put this in the mind after you're born again. Put it, put it on here. And that is renewed mind. To the end that you and I put on the truth, the accuracy of God's word, we will have the renewed mind. And once you have a renewed mind, you have the freedom to walk in it or not. Because you still have freedom of what? That's right. Don't you see it? A person could have a renewed mind and know what the word really says, but until he acts on it, it does not come manifested in his walk or in his life. That verse in Romans 12, take a look at it. Romans 12, I beseech you, and the word beseech means Beggingly implore you, I plead with you, brethren, not unbelievers, but brethren, born again believers, by the mercy of God, mercy of God, mercy of God. Grace in the Bible class is God's unmerited favor, mercy. In the word, is God's withholding of merited judgment by the mercies of God. The withholding of merited judgment that you present your bodies. You present your bodies. And ladies and gentlemen, a body is more than just form. It is also what? Made. You have a mind. You have a physical body, but you also have a mind that controls that, that you present your body mentally, physically. A living what? Sacrifice. A living sacrifice. A sacrifice is something that's expended, something that's given, poured forth. You W.O.W.'s, out there on the field, you poured forth your life. You shared your knowledge of God and his love with people. You were a living, what? A living sacrifice. Not a dead sacrifice. That's what the blood of bulls and goats were. Dead sacrifices. You are to present your body a living sacrifice, not a dead, stinky, smelly thing, but a living, a what? Living. A living sacrifice. People, it's Christ in you. And when you walk with that physical body, but if you have your mind renewed, what do they see? They see Christ again. Well, ladies and gentlemen, let us let them see Christ walking again across the world. For we are to be a living, a living what? Amen. And ladies and gentlemen, that means that sometimes, many times, You have to be broken bread for people until they learn to break their own spiritual bread. That's right. You have to let people walk on your feet until they learn to walk on their own spiritual feet. Jesus Christ said once of Jerusalem, Oh my God, how I'd love to gather you like a hen gathers her chicks. Remember that? you have to do that today many times you take people in and you love them you put them under your wings so to speak you become broken bread for them you let them walk on your feet you become poured out water of life to them until they learn to pour their own water of life till they learn to walk on their own feet until they break their own bread of life. That is a living, what? Sacrifice. And that is what I mean when I say and give you that little poem that many of you, perhaps all of you have heard me give time and time again. God has no hands but what? Our hands. God has no hands but our hands with which to give people what? That's right. They'll never hear God's word from that temple because it is not living. God has no hands clasped but our hands with which to give them what? Bread. He has no feet. No feet, no feet, but our feet with which to move among the almost what? We are His. He is ours. Deeds, works, deeds are the proof of that, not words. And these, ladies and gentlemen, are the proving ours. That's the living sacrifice class. that is to be holy that is what's acceptable unto God that is your religious service for him verse 2 and be not conformed to this world Before you were born again, you were conformed to this world because everything that you got to your human mind, you got from the world one way or the other. But now since you're born again, you no longer conform to this what? World. You're no longer going to allow yourself to be conformed to this world, but you're going to be what? Transformed. And that's a metamorphosis, the Greek word. It's a metamorphosis. Transformed is metamorphosis. A new change, people. Tonight they sang change. It's a new change in your life because you, by the freedom of your will, put on the mind of Christ, put on the word of God, God's rule book. And as you put on that word, what happens? You're transformed. Transformed a new figure gets in your mind. It is a metamorphosis. It is a breaking out of a new person in manifestation, like a butterfly. Be transformed by one thing, what? The renewing of your what? And when you do that, then you prove You're able to prove what is that good, what is that acceptable, and the perfect what? Right. For I say through the grace, divine favor, and ladies and gentlemen, that's the only reason I'm here tonight. That's the only reason you're here. It's grace. As a matter of fact, it's grace upon grace upon grace that we're here. (laughs) (laughs) through the grace that is to every man that is among you think what? soberly to think soberly means to think logically right on stay put on the word think it according as God hath dealt God hath dealt, that's his spiritual card game. He does the dealing. Reno. Spiritually. Who does the dealing? Boy, he's no respecter of what? See how all this had now fit together, oodles of stuff. Because God did not give me any more of his spirit than he gave, to the youngest member in the household. The youngest child in a household has as many legal rights as the oldest child. The youngest child in the household has as much of Christ in him as the oldest one. What a wonderful God! No respecter of persons doesn't favor anyone above anyone but he's highly in favor of everybody being born again. That's he's in favor of. (laughs) God hath dealt to every man, every man, the measure, the measure, the measure, the measure. Here's a glass, that's the measure, that's a measure you know how much water you can put in here the size of the glass that's the measure now I pour it out now I could do what but if it was eternal life I couldn't what? you got it baby you got it If man does the dealing, he'd pour it out. But God does the what? Dealing. dealing. Dealt to every man the measure, the measure, the measure of what? Amen. And that measure, ladies and gentlemen, is Christ in you. Christ where? Amen. Christ in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Christ in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. That guarantees you eternal life now, and that guarantees you heaven when He comes back. The hope. All hell can't stop you from going to heaven. Oh. So, in the light of eternal life, eternity, what is 40, 50, 60, 70 years? Of standing faithful on God's Word. You've got all eternity to receive the rewards. You screw it up now, you'll be in heaven, but no rewards. What you want to go to heaven for without rewards? <laughs> the rewards in heaven are of works, salvation, getting you there is grace. And it's God's mercy that is being withheld many times in this walk so you can have a few more rewards for all of us. In that 13th chapter, listen to this. Because of this class, let's cast off the works of darkness. Put on the armor of what? Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering wantonness, not in strife, but put ye on the Lord Jesus. What? Ladies and gentlemen, you couldn't put him on in the inner man, for that is not by works, Ephesians says. You're not saved by works, you're saved by what? Works is anything you can do. Grace is what God does. Works is something I put on the Lord Jesus Christ, his works. Anything you can put on, I put this coat on, that's works. I put these glasses on, that's works. Put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, that's works. Well, since you can't put him on in the inner man, there's only one logical place, class that you could ever put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is where? In your mind. That's exactly where it is. That's why the scripture says, is it in Corinthians? Have the mind of Christ because you put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Is that Corinthians? I don't know. Some place. You see, people, The senses, the five senses. The mind of a man, a body and soul, or a body, soul, and spirit man. The mind, reason, reason. All this, all these are servants of the real man. The senses, class, the mind, Reason, those are all servants of the real man, the true man, which is spirit in you. And ladies and gentlemen, reason holds the same relation to the spirit that the body does to reason. You let reason run rampant and your body will be destroyed. If you let your reason run rampant, your body will be hurt. If you let the spirit run rampant, Reason is destroyed. That's why you come to the Word. And all wisdom starts with God. All knowledge starts with God. True knowledge, true wisdom. And therefore, we just have to come back to God's Word. And that is why we're together this wonderful week in this month of August 1979 at the Rock of Ages to work, to work the integrity of God's Word, its inherent as well as its inerrant accuracy, to work it so that we can renew our minds according to the Word. And the renewed mind according to the Word when it's acted on and believed, is the key to power. It's the walk of power. It is that which makes available to every Christian the more than abundant life. Father, I thank you for allowing me on this first night of this Rock of Ages 79, to open my heart, my life, and the greatness of your word to the best of my ability, and to help your people to get a greater understanding of the wonderful greatness of your word. Father, I thank you for sealing this word and making it so simple and understood that everybody can walk in the dynamic greatness of it i thank you for all of this in the wonderful name of the lord jesus christ magnify the name of the lord let's hear it, let's hear it. praise him for
1: all we've been given Now have a life that's worth living let us join together in praise to the one who so loved the world that he gave us his son let us magnify his word let shame let us bang it by the name of the lord let your heart be fully persuaded full of joy and ever elated his word has not changed it's ever the same His word above all of His name. Let us magnify His word. Let us praise His holy name. Let us magnify the name of the Lord. Let us magnify His word. Let us never be ashamed. Let us magnify the name of the Lord. Never let your heart be discouraged. Rather be strong. And word let us never be ashamed.